0: Our topic about the miraculous mentality of more. All that he wanted was more. It's not a rags to riches story. His parents had provided opportunity and stability. Their manners and methods had paid off and they proved that hard work does pay. They'd done well. Their simple start was now marked by the signals of success. Their Hand tools had been replaced by horsepower necessary to take care of the growing responsibility that comes with success. Their productive fields were now grown by the latest and greatest equipment available. It was a family-owned, family-run business in the place that was appropriately named the Meadow of Dancing. There was reason to be thankful. God had been good. And we know here that the next generation grows on the shoulders and hard work of previous generations. And as this young man observed all that his parents had done for him in the past, he knew that his present was blessed. His father had taught and trained him. He was being groomed like the ground under him to grow the business in the future. He was the one that had been chosen to carry the weight of responsibility. He wasn't ungrateful And he wasn't unthankful. He had enough. He had enough to more than get by. He had enough to bless those around him. He had enough to take care of himself. He had enough to consider the future wisely. He had enough to be considerate of stewardship. He had enough, but to be honest, he had had enough of just having enough. And as his hands held the plow, his heart was far beyond the dirt that furrowed beneath his feet. The oxen had learned to hold the line, and so he let his mind wander beyond the corners of the field that he was plowing. He heard stories, stories that stirred something in his spirit, and his wonder caused his mind to wander. You see, something powerful happens when you've had enough of just having enough, There was that story that he'd heard about the season of famine when the dusty field where he now stood produced absolutely nothing. But there was a man of God who had been sustained, not by the storehouse of grain that Elisha was working so hard to produce. No feed bags of seed were pulled from storage. No, none of that was needed when the God of miracles is on your side. It was ravens, it was just birds by the brook that fed the man of God. It was that story of the last meal from the widow's hand. It was a little oil and less grain, but God had sustained it. And somewhere in the deep part of Elisha's Elijah's spirit, the, the story had taken root. And he began to realize that you don't have to grind it out for grain when God is on your side. It's the miracle of the boy being brought back to life. It's God's might on Mount Carmel. It's the showdown with the prophets of Baal. The altar gets rebuilt and fire falls. It's stories like that that began to just go over and over in his mind as he was going through the mundane, through the normal rituals of life that he was tasked with. The responsibility was his, but he had something stirring in his spirit. Something powerful happens when you've had enough of just having enough lord whatever you're doing in this season don't do it without us god whatever you're doing in this season don't do it without me i i don't know much about the circumstances of the setting of that field we just have a little picture and we uh, we can just kind of build on that for a moment to imagine what it must have been like for elisha before he met elijah But no doubt the stories had circled in his circle of influence. No doubt the stories had come his way about the miraculous almighty power of God. And something was lit in Elisha's spirit that he was longing for more. His prayer must have went further than the four corners of the field that now defined his existence. And while he was plowing in the meadow of dancing, others may have been celebrating, but he was deliberating. While he is working in this place of insignificance, something is stirring in his spirit. And he is longing for God to do something in his life. He is wanting for God to do something through his life. And the prayer must have got somewhere beyond that celestial clouds that had held him kind of captive in that place long enough because the Bible tells us that when Elijah was in a low place, God came to him and said, I've already appointed a man by the name of Elisha and he's going to be prophet in your room. He's going to step in, in that invisible place and become the man that God uses. And I, I think I'm preaching to some people today that that place of insignificance has held you long enough. That place of, of your uncertainty. You, you know we've got enough to, to kind of get by. But I'm wondering if anything is stirring in somebody's spirit that's saying, I've had enough of just doing enough. I've had enough of just getting enough. I've had enough of just going through the motions. I've got something stirring in my spirit that I long for more than just church on Sunday morning. I I long for more than just a few songs and a sermon. I, I long for something more than just our routine calendar. I've got a hunger for more. I've got a desire to see God do more. We know, we know the story. The elder finds the younger in the field. Elijah comes by and Elisha is going through the motions of his responsibility. But the mantle lands on his shoulder. And in that moment, Elijah's got a choice. Elisha's got a choice. Elijah's just, uh, he's ordained you. He's commissioned you. But you've got a choice, Elisha. What are you going to do? Are you going to go with what you got? Or are you going to move into the miraculous territory of more? The stories may not have done it justice, but now the prophets stood before him. Who would have thought, I'll tell you, that's just the way that God works. God works in the midst of your impossibility, and God works in the midst of your improbability just when you think nothing's going to change, just when you think this is the way it's always been and this is the way it's always going to be. Just when you get in that mind frame, all of a sudden I've got a a, a promise that shows up and the prophet steps in and the mantle is dropped on your shoulder, and in that moment God's saying, are you satisfied with what you got or are you willing to step into that miraculous mentality? more are you hungry for something more are you longing for something more or are you just content and satisfied to stay where you are elijah what are you going to do i i wish that someone would just kind of let your cry out for a moment this morning i i wish that someone would just utter that one word prayer god more i long for more this morning We know the story, and we know the stories. It was over that period of time that followed that Elisha would serve Elijah. He would follow closely in his footsteps. He would stand in his shadow and observe as God did the miraculous. He would hear the voice being spoken. He would understand that God was at work through humanity, and something was being deposited in his spirit. He was learning. He was observing. He knew that God could now now his wonder was, would God? Would God work through him? Would God continue when this powerful prophet was gone? What would God do when Elijah was taken away? It became obvious that his mentor would be leaving him soon, and Elisha stuck to him like glue. In spite of the smug mockery of the sons of the prophets who were content with their complacency, Elijah shadows Elijah as close as he can get, he he's challenged to leave him in Gilgal, but Elisha says, "I'm not leaving you. I'm I'm going to stay with you." And in Bethel, it's the same story. Elisha, Elijah just said, "Elisha, why, why don't you just kind of carry on and, and let me go my way?" And you know the story. Elisha says, uh I I you I'm sticking to you like glue. I'm not leaving. I'm not I'm not letting go. I, I'm not. I'm just I'm 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 coming with you." From Bethel until Jericho and finally till the banks of the Jordan River. And his tutelage has come to a near end and his learning is just about finished in the practical elements. He's observed and watched. He probably could mimic and mime Elijah's moves. He probably could walk the way that he walked and he probably could talk the way that he talked. I've learned a few things after 30 years of following Pastor Woodward. Yes, yes. Hmm. The issue is that sometimes we can get the motions down. But there's something that's got to motivate us deeper than motions. There's something that's got to move us that's deeper than just activity and words and how things are said. It's got to be more than just sermonizing. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's something that has to happen deeper than that. and, And Elisha is brought to this place and he passes all of the tests. And finally, when Elijah is being readied to leave, Elisha was ready. The question comes, What shall I do for thee before I be taken away from thee? And the answer isn't delayed immediately. That heart that cried for more from the moment that that mantle was laid on him in the field when he was just plowing with the oxen comes to the surface and he says, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. For the sake of the sermon, this morning, I can just sum it up in one word. Elisha was praying for more. Not more, just adding to what had already been done. Done. No, no. no not, not more than to just kind of continue on what had begun. More in the idea that God give us a double portion. God, we don't just want additional. We are looking for the exponential. God, we aren't just looking for a continued addition of what you've accomplished. But God, somewhere in our spirit, there is a desire for you to do double portion work amongst your people. I I I wish that someone would just kind of let that out. Would someone just stand with me for a moment? I I don't think I'm all alone, and I don't feel like I'm all alone, but I wonder if someone just kind of out of the blue now that the question has come, what would it be that you would, that he would do for you? What would it be? I wonder if there's just someone in the room that would say, God, in this end, this end time, in this 2022, I'm looking for a double portion anointing. I, I'm looking for a double portion anointing of what fell on Brother Dudley. I'm looking for a double portion anointing of what fell on our forefathers. I'm looking for a double let your cry out for a moment God we long for more Come on, would you just press in just for one more moment, a little deeper? Would you just take one more step? We talked about waters to swim in last week. I I wonder if someone would just take a few steps in a little deeper. It's been a rough week for somebody, but I tell you, your strength is in the room. It's been a a, a rough week for someone, but the miracle is about to occur. I, I pray, come on, it's in a moment like this where God moves and miracles occur. We're praying, God, let your miracle power work. the name of Jesus you can be seated this morning that's all right let it come on let the prayer go it's all right I we can we can preach through that we we can preach along with that we can let the word be confirmed with signs following while we're preaching that's all right let let prayer ascend let it happen you can observe it as it begins to occur. The miracles. Jordan is parted and Elisha walks in to the promise that God has for him simply because he wasn't satisfied with what he had, but he was hungry for more. Miracles, signs. I, I won't take time this morning to go through all of the miracles of Elisha's ministry. You're probably well aware of the fact that it was double the number of miracles. Less one by the time we had come to Elisha's. The end of life for Elisha. And we can find the story in 2 Kings chapter 13. Elijah. Elisha is on his deathbed. And Joash, the king of Israel, comes down to him. And he weeps over his face. You see, we're getting ready to transition yet again. Elijah has gone. And a double portion of anointing has moved from that prophet To Elisha and now we're waiting as Elisha comes and nears the end of his life what's going to happen now the tragedy is that it doesn't seem like there's any successor in the mix but Joash the king of Israel is tasked with the responsibility of leading the people into this next generation and he's got all the right activity down he's got the right sentiment he's weeping He's got the right location. He shows up at the bedside of Elijah. He's got the right words in order. Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. We've heard that before. It's what Elisha said to Elijah. And now the king of Israel has got all of the actions in order. The makings of the miraculous are in the room. The possibility of promise exists. And Elisha is moving forward with the plan that God has for the end of his life. He's a man that knows that he's fighting a losing battle against the relentless march of time. And so he can't take a lot of time. He's a man that knows that his very minutes are numbered. He knows that his appointment with eternity is now eminent. eminent, And he doesn't even acknowledge the compliment that's given to him by the king. He just begins to call out the orders. He says to the king, He said, Get bow and get arrows. And so the king gets the bow and he gets the arrows. And Elisha, don't get worried. Elisha begins to. Issue the commandments. He said, Take bow and arrows. And take your hand. And he puts it on the bow. And the prophet puts his hand upon the king's hand. He said, I want you to go to the window eastward. And he said, I want you to shoot the arrow eastward. And so the king responds to the command: Let me get the bow right side up. This is when lavalier mics would be great. I think. East, he says, go East, go East, young man. And he said, I, I need you to, <laughs> he's so focused on his job. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to give you, let me put this down for a sec. so all things are in order and everything's going the way that it should and the prophet makes the declaration he said it's the era of the Lord's deliverance the victory is going to come it's not going to come at your hand king it's not going to come because of your ability it's not going to come because of your talent or your gifting. It's not going to come because of what you have or what the kingdom possesses. It's going to come because it's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And he gives the message to the king. He said that that arrow that was fired eastward it's indicative of the victory that's going to come and he said you will smite Syrians in Aphek until thou hast consumed them. You're going to Have victory because of that obedience to the prophet and you accomplishing the work that was asked. So Joash is living in the celebration of the promised victory, but the prophet isn't finished yet. He's put to the test in the next moment, which will forever mark his character and alter the very future of the nation that he rules the prophet isn't finished, even when the king thought that he was. The prophet has more in store if the king is willing to receive it. You see, remember this is the man that stood at the death, or the, the end of life, I'll say that, the end of life of the previous prophet, and he was ready for more. But this king on the other hand, when he is asked what he's going to do, he's not quite confident. He, He's he he's he's hesitant, he's uncertain because now the prophet just says, take the arrows and smite the ground. Well, how many times does one smite the ground? If you grew up in church, you know the story from Sunday school. But the message is still hanging around. And the Bible tells us that he smites the ground three times. Three times. Three times for some would be enough. Three times in some people's book would be extravagant or unnecessary. Why not just, he said, smite the ground. He didn't say smite the ground ten times or five times. He just said smite the ground. So I did what was asked. I did what was, my my responsibility was fulfilled. I I accomplished what was requested. I smote the ground. And, And so by some standard, the king did more than what was requested or asked. But by Elisha's standard. We're talking about a man who is never satisfied with just enough. We're talking about a man that says, don't quit until you receive the more than. Don't stop until you get the double portion of. Don't stop until, until the work is completed. Don't quit. And, 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 and he said, why did you only smite the ground three times? I don't know how, how much that rattled the king. But you can just imagine that when a man is that close to death, when he kind of rises up off of his deathbed. And he said, why did you only smite the ground three times? Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou had consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. He said, you stopped short. You, You weren't passionate enough to go to that next step, to go a little bit deeper. And, and I, I just come because there's something stirring in my spirit about not allowing us to step or slide into a place of contentment and complacency. There needs to be something that's pushing and driving us into this place called more because the miraculous territory happens when we step out on more. The victory happens in that place of more. Joash realizes to his shame that his first arrow was a prophetic act, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Why would you only want God to deliver three times when he could utterly destroy? Why would you stop short and the message was there, but he needed to act on the message. The word was there, but he needed to act on the word. There will be unnecessary battles and pointless skirmishes will rage on for generations and even into our time because Joash took his place on the stage of time with half a heart. The bare minimum of obedience and a God-displeasing mentality of mediocrity. Where was his desire for more? King Joash chooses to act totally out of hesitation, half-heartedness, fear. Elisha gets gets frustrated with Joash because he's the patron saint of mediocrity when Elisha has built his whole ministry around the one act of more. Joash has youth. He has strength. He has time. He has ability. And most of all, he has opportunity. brother Brad Thank you for challenging us in a testimony this morning. 37 years. And both times that we've talked to him, he said last time we had a podcast with him or a traffic talk, Pastor Matt asked him he said there was more than 40 churches in construction at that point. More than 40. This time he said now some of them are reconstruction, some of them are construction. But they're over 30. I can't, 37? I have a great memory. It's just really short. But what? We, we were in the office when he came in. We were talking, and I said, no, I'm, don't get me wrong. We just had a great business meeting. Wonderful report. Powerful giving. Wonderful year. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I wonder if missionaries don't come and say, "You bunch of slackers." <laughs> Teresa, you shocked. They don't wait. By the way, he didn't say that. He didn't even indicate that. He just smiled and celebrated with us as we walked through the building, and we're grateful for what God has done. So much shout, Amen. I feel like I feel like I'm digging my way out of a hole or <laughs> filling the hole back in offended you and now we don't have time to but here here here's what here's what I wonder sometimes if we've lived beneath because we haven't had a hunger for more that we get content and and it's another message about complacency on one level but it's it's so much better than that because we're hungry for more that's what god has placed right there in our spirit and i we sense it there's there's things that are happening that we are incredibly excited about and there are things that are occurring that we are celebrating and we've had challenges and some of us have faced physical trouble and some of us have faced financial trouble. And some of us have faced all kinds of things that would slow us down. But, but none of that matters when it comes to this idea that God put a hunger in us for more. None of that should hold or could hold back what God is wanting to do in the supernatural realm. The enemy may fight in this natural realm. He may kind of distract us in the natural realm. But come on, we have victory in the supernatural realm. It's about going forward. It's about moving on into what God has for us. So don't get distracted by all of the things that we've walked through for the past two years. Don't be Joash. Be Elisha. Be Elisha that when the question comes, we're going to say, I'm looking for a double portion. I'm praying for a double portion. I'm hungering for more than we've ever had before. We um, We have all kinds of reasons that we can point to for. Our adjusted apostolic activity, social distancing, sanitization, no singing, no laying on of hands, no work in the aisles or the altars, disconnection, division, disagreement. We have all kinds of reasons that would hinder or could hinder our apostolic activity. And we have walked with you through that. And we all, including you, have been patient and cooperative. And before you think this is a message of criticism, it's not. It's just observation. Because the concern... Is that now that we've got to a place of no restriction. I'm waiting for the echo of more. To come. And I'm waiting for the worship that shatters the silence. Because we've been masked until now. But now. And I'm waiting for aisles to flow and altars to fill and I'm waiting for worship to break out and I'm so grateful for what God's doing in our mornings and I know it's step upon step, I know it's a little bit here and a little bit there sometimes, I understand that but now that it's wide open and now that we have opportunity and now that the government's removed mandates, who's mandating us now? I'm just reminding us of the hunger for more, see, Pastor Jack. It isn't all just about what happens, the emotionalism or the celebration. I'm not. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that there's something that underneath. That's underneath all of that that pushes us. And we've got people that are looking to a church that's hungry for more. We've got people right now that are depending on someone that says, we're not satisfied with what we hear. We're not satisfied with this report. We're not happy with what, what's happening the, in, the, in the supernatural realm. We're going to pray. I, I, I think that there's just, there's a hunger that we need to release for more. God forbid that a man-made lid bring limitation That pushes the church into a place of mediocre. We can come back to the music this morning. Because here's what we know. Is that God has promised. If anything, he's not the God of just enough. He's the God of more. He's the God of more than enough. Wells of water springing up, overflowing. He's the God of the extravagant. He's the God. He's the God that doesn't hold back. He's he's the God that calls us. He places in our spirit the hunger for more. Mark chapter 4, verse 23 If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. We've talked about that in our midweek. And then he says, and he said unto them, take heed what you hear that with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. There's something that's coming to the spiritual ear and it's the call and the cry for more. So church, we stand and I'll ask you to stand with me. I'd ask that we limit moving in and out just for a moment. We stand in 2022 with the arrows in our hand. Come on, we stand. We stand in the challenge comes to us to smite the ground the challenge comes 2022 if you if you listen if you hear it the call comes for us to defeat the enemy the the call comes for us to pray like we've never prayed the call comes and and our decision in that moment is well how much is enough how how much how much accomplishes the task how 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 much and I would say until and, until there's nothing left of the arrows that are in your hand until until you just kind of thrash the ground until victory comes. And, and you don't stop until the word comes to stop. Don't just start and then kind of limit the activity, but rather start and then smite the ground until we're going to pray. Until the victory comes, we're going to pray. Until triumph occurs, we're going to pray. Until revival stirs us, we're going to, come on, we're just going to reach until the walls are just expanded and people come. We're, we're going to preach until the, I heard it, until the balcony's filled. We're going to trust God for more. And we're just going to keep smiting the ground. You say, well, we tried it for a few years. and I just say, don't stop trying. Because the minute we stop, we're giving in. Just to kind of allowing us to live underneath where God has called us to. But if we just keep striking the ground, God will let us walk into the miraculous territory called more. More. More is the prayer language that God understands. It's the one word petition. More. More. More echoes in Hebrews chapter 11 about faith. faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope happens when we're frustrated. Hope happens when we're no longer content. Hope is when we're looking for God to move where we can hope, hope is when we say I've done all I can do but I'm hoping that God what happened to hope where where is our hope directed, what let me ask this, what are we hoping for because that determines our desires what is it that we hope that God will do what is it that we hope will happen in our lives, what is it that we hope will happen in our church, what is it, come on we've got to release hope because hope is the environment where faith begins to work. And because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when we elevate our, our desire beyond what we possess. And we begin to say, I long for more. I'm hungry for more. I, I want more. I, I'm hoping that. I'm hoping the balcony's filled. I'm hoping the baptismal waters are stirred. I'm hoping the altar fills up. When we begin to hope, faith steps in. It says, I heard about hope. I'm here to help hope happen. I'm here to let faith do that work that you can't do miracles begin to occur why because we're hungry for more we're hungry for more I have more notes but I'm wondering today I hear I just hear a little echo of the Holy Ghost would would someone just begin to let the spirit take over would someone just begin to let your cry echo in the room. I mean, come on. I I appreciate. I, I'm done preaching. So whatever happens from here on out, it's all right to cry out. It's all right to shout out. It's all right. Come on. It's all right to let tears flow it's alright to lift your hands it's alright it's all to come to the altar it's alright to say God I'm hungry for more, I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied I'm, I'm not content to live in this place of complacency I'm longing for more I want to move out of natural territory into miracle territory the miraculous mentality of more will do some, come on it'll do some supernatural things that we would never have seen on our own That's all right, just let prayer begin to stir. Because God's birthing something right now. from the front to the back praise team we'll sing in just a minute but I wonder if you just begin to pray come on we're praying for more come on Stir it, come on, stir it up, stir up the gift that's within you. We got to do that sometimes. Release, come on, release the word by faith. Someone just begin to talk about what God's going to do. Raise, come on, raise your hands and begin to lift your voice and call out, cry out, God, here's what we're looking for, here's what we're hoping for, here's what we're longing for. God is not less than, it's more. It's more this morning. Come on, the anointing is flowing right now. There's anointing that can destroy yokes of bondage. There's anointing that will, come on, open prison doors. There's anointing that's going to destroy shackles. There's that that anointing, that yoke of bondage. Someone just needs to let go of the plow and turn it over to God and watch what God's going to do. Someone just needs to walk into purpose. Someone needs to walk into God's plan this morning. God, I'm hungry for more for the Lord.